The future of sex, toys, VR, and other technology, but what does the future look like for the way we view sex and relate to it? We're talking with Brian E. Cole from the podcast The Future of Sex and guest co-host Maley Mason, a hilarious comic. I'm T from TNA Talk Sex. Welcome to episode 135, because you know what? Sex isn't ever just about sex. Am I right, ladies? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, Melly Mason, I just want to introduce you, uh, a really fun comedian who I did a show with not long ago, and, uh, and so excited to have you join us. And you're certainly uh, free and liberal and happy to talk about sex, so I appreciate that. Thank you. That was a fun show. Yeah, it was. That was a really fun show. It was cool. It was like this little <laughs> Valentine's Day thing and there was there was candy and trivia questions and I sat down there, Snickers and Lollipops. I'm like, what every show should have like candy this. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like instead of, you know, plying us with alcohol. Yeah. You know? Um, and then Brian E. Cole, thank you for calling in. Uh, so you have a podcast called The Future of Sex. And I think that, of course, brings up so much for everyone. I mean, when we discovered you, we were like, oh, my God, the future, you know, it's a charged <laughs> topic. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, before we get started, I'm actually going to uh, play a little recording from my co-host, Stephanie Allen, uh, who is a she's the caboose of the TNA. <laughs> Uh, and um, she's in Europe writing a book right now. And uh, so she just kind of chimes in. So we'll just, you know, play it here. Hey, guys, A here checking in from Paris. I am still here, but leaving in a couple days. I just came from the Cafe Les Deux Margots in the Saint-Germain-de-Prés area. It's a very cool neighborhood, very ritzy. Um, and I just dropped in for a chocolat chaud. Very hard for me to say that. And uh, the, the chocolate here, the hot chocolate, you guys, is just, it's thick and it's warm and hot. it's amazing. It's incredible. They do it completely different. And the way we do it in America is just, it's a tragedy. Um, anyway, and uh, you know what I realized on the way home? I was on the metro and I've been having this stirring of like, missing something and I finally pinpointed what it is I'm not lonely for relationship I don't miss sex but what it specifically is and I don't know if I can convey this correctly but I think it's that I'm missing masculinity like a a consistent interaction with a masculine force in my life that's on an intimate level and what I mean by that is intimate beyond just a friend or my roommate but like and not just like a one night stand or or a, a lover or something but so, like a masculine force that is consistently in my life and I'm having an intimate dynamic with um, I, I miss that I realized that because I was on the metro and and this guy was standing next to me reading and I just he just he it, I was I don't know what it was but I just like fell into his little his masculine aura and it just Oh, I miss it so much. It's really, it's been about three years since I've been in a relationship, in a relationship, and I think that's what it is. Oh my God. Anyway, so that's what's going on with me uh, on that level. You guys are talking about the future of sex this week with Brainy, and I, I'm really bummed that I'm missing this conversation, but I can't wait to hear what comes out of it. Um, my initial thoughts on this, you know, when I was talking with T when we were discussing the show, I am. Um, I have to admit that my immediate reaction was that when it comes to inviting technology and um, virtual reality and these kinds of things into sexuality, 
Um, you know, and then when I hear about these guys uh, in Asia, specifically is the article I read it from, who are having relationships with uh, pretty much computers um, and choosing to be asexual, um, I immediately was like, no, I, I, I firmly believe that this cannot lead us down a positive road. This cannot be a positive end result in any way. So no, I think this is a bad thing. I think it's just going to lead to more disconnection and, um, and an inability to connect with ourselves. But funny enough, uh, the next day, I then was having a, a, a support chat with someone on MailChimp. And we actually had this really sweet exchange and a couple laughs and all through just texting on, on chat. And I left, uh, you know, closing the little conver- virtual conversation with this warm, tingly feeling in my heart. And I was like, oh, Stephanie, you just totally contradicted yourself. My heart was stirred and we created intimacy and it was a beautiful thing. And the cool thing about technology and the Internet and all of that is that it that kind of um happening and interaction is possible like infinitely right I mean yes it's possible in real life with real human beings too but what I mean to say is that it's just it 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 can happen and so I was like okay well maybe then it's not such a bad thing sure you're missing out on the benefit of being with someone in person and the that mysterious power that comes from looking at someone in the eye and being in someone's field but um, am I throwing the baby out with the bathwater you know these guys um, how are having the relationships with you know these sort of virtual reality women or computers um, if their heart is being stirred and putting them and they're being put into a state of love um, that is just going to add to the sort of love honeypot of the world right Okay, maybe. Um, or the, the other side of that is, or are they entering into a one-sided relationship that caters to sort of an idealistic version of themselves by being in a relationship with something that doesn't necessitate compassion or empathy or self-reflection in order to keep that relationship alive? And would that, in the end... Uh, harden people and create inaccessible robotic humans. So I don't know. Those are my two thoughts on it. Or, I, I'm throwing that out there. I'm curious to see what you guys have to think. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, I'm heading into dinner here. It's one of my last dinners here at home with my lovely dear friends before I'm thrust out into the world of couch surfing, which is going to be a very exciting turn of events. I'm looking forward to it. Um, If you want to hear more about my trip and what's coming up for me, you can find me on Instagram at TheRealStephanieAllen. You can also uh, head to my website, StephanieAllen.com, and find all the other places you can reach me there. And if inviting technology into your bedroom doesn't sound appealing, uh, why not instead focus on mastering the power of touch? So my video series, Mastering the Art of Sensual Massage, is finally ready for you guys. And you can head to my website to get in on this now before the price goes up 
at the end of the spring when we do a harder launch. So get in on the soft launch now. It's a great deal. It's $37, and this is for you guys listening, um, just for you. And, uh, and I look forward to hearing your experience about uh, how you mastered the art of sensual massage. And you can go to stephanieallen.com to check that out. Okay, guys, I miss you. And uh, I'm going through this shit here, but it's all good. It's going to lead to amazing things. And, um, and I look forward to being back in T's loving embrace and, um, and hearing about how, what's up with you guys online. And uh, I'll see you next time. Chat later. Bisous. And, uh, and now we're back. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I wanted to check back in with Bryony about your podcast and what led you down to creating your show. Yes, well, it certainly was a rabbit hole. Um, it started, it, it officially started around January last year. I just finished a report on the future of nightlife. So I was looking at entertainment for an alcohol company and uh, t- trying to figure out what's next in entertainment and started interviewing um technologists, artists, musicians across the US, what's coming for nightlife. And when I was interviewing the technologists who were in virtual reality, making apps literally in their garage, the things that they were working on wasn't sending people to more parties or more entertainment. It was porn. And all roads led to porn. And I thought, this is fascinating because what happens when all of this all the, the VR porn, which we hear about now, like a year later, is pretty common. Um, what what about when that hits uh, everyone else's lounge rooms, right? And where we all have access to this, just like we the internet sort of changed our sex lives. How massively are we going to change sex with things like virtual reality and then um, – down the down the rabbit hole into AI and robotics, and that's where that's where it all began. Yeah, I you know, gosh, you just talking about it, I sort of saw these images in my head of like, you know how hotel rooms have you can watch pornography, right? And and I feel like mm. for a long time, it was sort of this like naughty, funny taboo thing. And then now it's just like, whatever, there's porn in, in the, you know, the hotel mm, rooms. Yeah. And I, I just wonder, like, you know, is our VR gadgets and all that going to be the new hotel thing? And anyway, and then yeah. does that just move us further and further away from being able to connect with each other? Um yeah. I, I like to think connecting is a good thing, um, but I, it's like, do we need it? I mean, is that part of what you are kind of covering yeah. and studying? Well, yeah. So t- just talking about the hotel room experience, first of all, um, they're now building theme parks for virtual reality um, where you would go and you could stay in a room. So you're not really getting on a roller coaster. You're just putting on goggles and you'll be on the roller coaster. But they're also building specifically red light theme parks where you go into this room and you may put on your the virtual reality goggles in the privacy of your own white sanitized room, <laughs> which I'm sure they wow. hose down afterwards. And, uh, yeah, you can enter some red light district and indulge in whatever fantasy that you want to play out in this virtual world. Wow. Wow. Um, Maylee, do you have any experience with VR? I've played a couple games. I actually, I used to work for this company who did, like, um, war, war simulators because I was, like, I, I work a little bit with animation. And so, like, I basically test out all, like, the VR war simulators. So it was pretty horrifying. But, um um, but it definitely like is a really insane experience. Like, 
Ugh, like moving around and actually physically walking through and taking them off. It's like it's like the Febreze commercials where you're like, oh, my God, this is none of this is real. Yeah, I had I had vertigo a little bit from one of them that I did. Like yeah. I took it off and was like, where am I? They're very dizzy. Yeah. What am I? I did. Too. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, you know, something again that comes to mind is um, I find it interesting how you mentioned roller coasters, right? And like the effort that went into like building an actual roller coaster and seeing it, but how it's almost like humans have expanded as large as we can. Like we've built, you know, or not as we can, I mean, I'm sure we can do more, but kind of skyscrapers and giant structures. And then, and then it's like, now we're going so micro and this, you know, this kind of contained small experience. It's like, you know, at some point our, our war is going to be played on video games and you'll be like, well, I won that round in the video game. So, mm. you know, yeah, China, wow, that, but- that embargo is going to change now, <laughs> you know, like just like big decisions made. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. That's kind of a beautiful insight as, as well in looking at like how we're developing technology to go inward. I mean, the war part isn't that beautiful, but this idea that we're building things smaller, but it's also about the conscious experience. So, you know, when it comes to sex, um, look, it can still be very much a commodity, like you exchange a dollar blowjob in in virtual reality just as you could on a street corner in LA, but that um, it doesn't have to be as much about your physical appearance. You know, there's this prediction that we'll start to have all of our relationships in virtual reality. So there's no need to go to the gym five times a week. Like you can just sit on your couch and eat Doritos and go on a hot date in your virtual world, which is kind of insane, but also it relies on your own mental and emotional state and and that being a point of difference rather than what you look like if you can just choose you know I'm gonna be a hot blonde girl in a pink bodysuit um via remote control or some buttons or options on on a virtual game okay I you know okay 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 that's it's interesting because then you're not sure like wait I'm at a loss when I'm not a loss for words. What I'm thinking is I feel better when I go for a walk, right? Mm. I feel better if I go running. I mean, your body still exists, right? So I, I just find it fascinating that we as humans are driving towards not um, mm. living in our bodies and, mm. and, and fighting that. Um, and I just feel like there's sort of almost two modes of thought happening, right? And in California, you kind of have this beautiful um, hippie culture that that leans more into like living in your body and connecting more to nature and earth. And then mm-hmm. you sort of have this drive by, I mean, it feels very corporate, right? To drive towards technology and industry. It's like an industrial opp- opportunity, you know, to capitalize. Is there any way that this isn't... E- capitalize you know is is there any way that it isn't profit driven um and devoid of like the human experience yeah I mean it's such a it's such a big question like there it feels like we're all trying to work this out hopefully right now and be a bit more mindful of what we're developing but when you think about technology like the best technology either enhances the human experience well definitely um enhances the technology or or is just in the background, right? Like today we're so distracted by technology and we're walking down the street and there's incidences of people like dying because they walk off a cliff or something trying to take a photo. Um, (laughs) What what technology can we create that um, creates a better human experience, maybe keeps the sparks alive in a relationship or um, makes us more human? And I think think we're not there yet. You know, I think... 
as you said, people are racing to have better, faster, bigger orgasms or more monetary exchanges. But where where is it where it, the technology kind of fades into the background? Yeah, you know, I um, a, a vibrator company just mailed me this like fancy gadget um, <laughs> because of our show, which was kind of cool. I was That's like, really fun. fun. Yeah. And, uh, and it has, you know, all the settings and like these different rhythms. And maybe my favorite is how it plays along with music. Because mm-hmm. um, if you find <laughs> I know like, that one. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think there's something to as humans, we respond to like rhythm and vibration um a lot i mean it's mm-hmm. the origins of music right so so there is a complete joy or like euphoria in in syncing so well with the with the um the song itself if the song builds correctly <laughs> like i noticed some songs don't work as well uh but i i i guess for me yeah like in my experience of it like did i have fun playing with it yeah mm-hmm. but it felt a little bit novelty right like okay i've mm-hmm. done it i still want a partner you know, like I still want to have real sex and like have a body in front of me that I'm playing with rather than just my my vibration to that song that Beyonce recorded, you know, five years ago or something. Right. right. Yeah. What am I? Yeah, actually, the, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that. I think that's right. Like a lot of the sex tech stuff at the moment from what I've seen is super gimmicky and it's fun and it's novelty. But is it going to be anything more than a gimmick? And I think that's where, especially for female pleasure, right? Like I can't think of anything just yet that's that's got staying power. Whereas if you talk to, um, you know, the guys developing real dolls or something, that's where it gets really insane because they're developing emotional partners as well as sex partners, you know, where you can change the personality to 12 different types and it's kind of Westworld-ish, right? Yeah, this like rings Westworld so hard to me. Oh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, they've got 12 different settings of the characteristics that you can have within this doll that's available in April of this year Um, and you can choose from one to three how strong those settings are and this is like sexy, charming, shy Um, and this doll has a memory so it can remember, you know, if you prefer pizza over hamburgers. So if you come home and you're like, I think I'm going to order some pizza, I would say back to you, well, why when your favorite food is hamburgers? Oh my God. Interesting. (laughs) I mean, you know what else though is, is powerful about it is it's, you know, people talk about social media creating this echo chamber, right? Like the dangers of being in your own silo or, or they call it like a danger. But um, again, it's sort of, I don't know, is it like the path of least resistance as a human to not engage, right? Like you're kind of building a world around the things that you prefer and the way that you like things and, um, and not having to adapt outside. I mean, I've sort of I've grown a lot in the last year, like with my co-host on our show like we'll have conflicts you know about it and uh, um and we've had to learn how to communicate more effectively right like rather than butting heads or like I have certain like hot buttons and I've had to look at it and be like why do I get so inflamed by that I think she was just saying I don't you know let's make the meeting an hour instead of three or so you know like but it like it made me angry um time to get a doll co-host yeah right (laughs) program programmer (laughs) you'll never have a problem ever again yeah (laughs) well okay so you you raise a good point Melee, which is I I also don't want to you know someone we we did a show not long ago about um we talked about this blowjob cafe that someone is opening in London. And um, I don't know if you've yeah read about it, yeah. Bryony. And, yeah. uh, you know, it brought up, a, I think it made me and Steph uh, really like emotional in some ways. Like it was kind of upsetting that 
that they're moving away from that. And someone wrote us saying, well, do you know, do you feel like you're being a little judgmental? Like the, you know, that episode felt a bit judgy and we try not to be, you know, I mean, it's about allowing whatever people to express themselves. Um, I don't know. Is there a way that you guys feel like there's, you know, is there opportunity for people to actually develop themselves? You know, maybe they have fear around connecting and this acts as like a stepping stone to connecting with real people or, uh, I think th- mm. I think that people have like a lot of f- fear around like not being special and kind of I guess they have like a lot of fear around s- certain things that they just like avoid experiencing and we have like a lot of technology in in our in our day and age right now to avoid those things but the thing is like those things can never really be avoided because because mm. like when you live life you know like you can't really experience like true joy or like true like orgasm without experiencing true like pain or experiencing like a really gnarly fear and I think that as far as like the media is concerned like the media kind of portrays a lot of perfection and like like with males they like if if you if you're not respected by women then you're not worthy like if you're not getting laid all the time then you're not worthy and it's just like it's so secreted in our vibrations and our energy that people will like subconsciously do anything not to be perceived as unworthy you know what i mean so i think that all kind of ties together mm. yeah well said <laughs> yeah i i i would agree like fundamentally we all just want to feel special. That's that's like, I think, at the core of it, this idea that we want to feel special and we get so distracted by that chasing that through likes or through other things. I think the difference is in stuff like the Blowjob Cafe is sex is splitting out from this idea of feeling special or from relationship, right? Like now there's, at sex therapy school, we learned there's 500 different reasons why someone would have sex. And so... A lot of that blowjob cafe stuff is like, oh, I'm doing this for recreation. This is as this is like I would be having a coffee or having a mm-hmm. drink. I'm all, or, or getting I'm a massage. To- mm-hmm. to- totally, but like, um, I think as women, we find this. I find it certainly so hard to grapple with. Like, would I ever do that? Is because for us, it's it's you know the chemicals we release is it's a lot more emotionally bonding to have sex with someone, but. I think in the future what what's happening now is like sex is being split out very much so from ideas of feeling special from relationships and just becoming this thing that we kind of can exchange mm-hmm. which sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you hit on something Bryony which is is yeah like for me it's the loss of intimacy, right? Or or that's what's being sacrificed. Mm. Um yeah, I mean I would almost call it that. I mean I I I personally I get sensitive about labeling it like oh I'm a woman and I want that affection I'm like well I think there are physical you know things that happen to you like oxytocin releases and things Mm -hmm. that actually are stress relievers that are you know relieve the cortisol from whatever's happening in your life and an orgasm can do it but I, I again with novelty I mean I find when I use toys like the more I do it the less easily I get off from it right Mm -hmm. um I mean you could say that maybe even that happens in relationships sometimes if you're not working on it but but something that came up for me in in what you were saying Melly and and then and your comments Brainy was is like the the pleasure of earning something or or like earning the ability to feel special right like when i think about the way a woman orgasms um in a heteronormative 
sexual dynamic, right? Like if a man a man works towards getting her to orgasm and then and then that's a reward in a way. I mean, not to um objectify it, but like, you know, if you work to get someone to orgasm, you know that you achieved that. Right. As Miley says, it's the climb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the hike. It is, yeah. isn't it? The journey yeah. and the destination. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I try to think about like what I, I mean, I guess we're all, I don't know, we're all different. I mean, mainly like when, you know, when you do, I sort of thought about like when you do stand up, in some ways that's like, what's the difference for you from stand up and like a sketch you make, right? Like we both do that. Well, the difference with stand up, I was just talking about this yesterday with a friend. Um, like I, I, I do a set and then I like get bored of it. Or like it, it doesn't apply anymore. It's not relevant anymore. And so I'm like, okay, it's time to like write a bunch of new shit. And then I, I just go through a series of bombs for like a month. And then you're just like, this is horrible. But then when you get it right and you're on stage, like honestly, that show on Monday was like the first time I got that shit right. And there's like nothing better. And then time to move on. Time to write a new one. Yeah. Celebrate your wins, then move on. Mm. Celebrate your losses, then move on. And then with sketches, it's like almost as if you're like depending on what it is, it's like a puzzle or like, I I don't really want to say raising a child because I have no idea what it's like to raise a child, but it's like mapping through an adventure almost, figuring it out. And um, and I guess also like your experience with the audience, do you feel like, I guess for me, I, I have had, I'm the same. I move on from my jokes and you kind of cycle. And in some ways, the way you're describing it, it's like when you nail it, you're like, that's almost like the equivalent of like the orgasm. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. But then, but you also have this, um, for me, like when I'm interacting with an audience, there's so much more at stake in a way of, of like the heightened experience of rejection or love. Right. right, right, And then the reward of like, Oh, they loved me, you know, (laughs) or, or they didn't and whatever. And actually like the, the show that we did together, that set, I was also doing new stuff and I feel like I was sort of like soaring. And then right at the end, I, I fumbled a little and it was like, okay, well then I just like get back on and like work on it, you know, and and I'm going to fix it. And then the next show, it's going to be like, and I soared into the sky. Sometimes even when I do shows that like nobody really laughs at and I like sometimes I like leave feeling really good because I'm just like haha like I had such a negative experience <laughs> like it's al- it's almost like a fun like if you just kind of like don't really put too many fucks in that basket you know of like people like laughing or caring or whatever it's kind of like makes it a little bit more fun then when you're having fun it's like everyone's having fun with you Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. And I, I think it's um, I think I think you're hitting on something about like just to have a stimulating experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna take a mini break, and then when we come back, uh, Brianie, I want to hear more about kind of the different technologies that you're seeing out there, and mm-hmm. um, and the pros and cons of them, really. Cool. Uh, okay, we'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. A is in Europe, and uh, you can find us on social media at TA Talk Sex. Um, check out uh a's massage videos as well at stephanieallen.com forward slash massage um maylee mason where can people find you uh you can find me on instagram or on funny or die instagram is m-a-l-i-e-x-o-x funny or die you can go to grown-ups incorporated and uh and Bryony, you are your podcast the future of sex on itunes and um Bryony, where can people find you at futureofsex.org or future of sex on itunes Great. We'll be right back.
And we're back with TNA Talk Sex. I'm T, and I'm talking with Brian E. Cole and the Maley Mason. (laughs) You guys, you both kind of have like (laughs) non-traditional names that I'm bumbling over. Maley, what is the origins of your name? It's actually Hawaiian because I was born in Hawaii. And it's uh, Hawaiian for calm and peaceful, which uh, trying to embody that. Not sure why they named me that, but uh, hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll it's take like a, some, I'll take some peace. A heavy burden. I, I had a friend in college <laughs> named uh, the last name was Brilliant, and I was like, he he actually spoke a couple languages and stuff, so he carried it really well. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have a, a reputation to live up to. And um, and Bryony, a uh, very British name, right? It yeah, it's Welsh. It's from Wales, and it's actually a wild rose or or a weed depending on how you want to take it. But I'm taking it. I'm claiming wild rose. Every weed is a wild rose in my heart. (laughs) Um, Thank you. I feel like there's something to like being being wild and then the to become a rose is like the the tamed garden version of, you know, your wild self. Oh, metaphors all over the place. Um, (laughs) Bryony, what's a yeah, tell me a little bit about or us a little bit about what you're seeing out there I don't know technology wise I mean are you attending conferences like where do you find these you know I feel like our listeners are like I'm sure some people have never heard of some of this stuff you know is it all just online markets what's what's going on yeah I mean there is so much going on I kind of didn't know how much uh how much stuff there was going on until I started interviewing I had about four interviews lined up and then it just sprung to like 40 and then 400 almost so um, people introduce you. It's all a, it's a bit of a dark network at the moment um, because it's such a taboo topic. And um, but there's a lot of women in what we call sex tech, um, designing products, whether that's vibrators or sex toy um, boxes to keep your vibrators in to online schools for sex. So there's a whole women of sex tech community in New York and in London who are doing amazing, amazing things, and. Um, just on the tech front, there's there's also a lot I discovered that wasn't on the tech front. But on the tech front, I think two of the most interesting developments that people go, whoa, uh, about. Uh, first one is teledildonics. Now, first of all, that's just a really fun word to say. <laughs> teledildonics. Telly. That's my new just password. It out. That's my new password. Oh, yeah. Kelly Dale Donix, if you ever want to like just start a dinner party conversation, it's gone quiet. Just shout out Telly Dale Donix and away you go. Um, so <laughs> Telly Dale Donix is remote controlled sex toys, usually controlled over a Bluetooth connection or over the internet. So it means that you can control someone's cock sleeve who's in London, for instance, or Japan, um, and you would be synced up to a vibrator and you can essentially have a sexual experience some people would define it as sex just as skype sex or facetime you know nudie stuff is some people call that sex and you can have people have sex with your lover um a stranger a porn star virtually or over a bluetooth so that's that's kind of picking up some steam now because uh well because porn's picked it up and it's being synced to porn content and to cam girls but originally this technology was created for couples and seeing you know couples noticing these these guys called Kuru in Amsterdam noticed the rise of long distance relationships and this is particularly prominent in the US 
but all around the world and how Skype was sustaining that and thought, well, how do we, how do we take it one step closer to having sex with the person, feeling them? Um, yeah, I definitely could have used that in my relationship. We ended up just opening up our relationship so that I could have other partners because I couldn't go as long as him <laughs> when he was out of town. Wow. That, yeah. Which I didn't. That's, yeah. Sorry. No, I, I didn't mind. I mean, it was I enjoyed learning different things from different partners, which is kind of its own thing. But I, I suppose at the end of the day, we're all we're all finding solutions to whatever our dynamic has to be. I mean, part of me goes, oh, that would be fun to use with, you know, like I have like my Burning Man lover, which it, our listeners, you know, we talk about our experience <laughs> at Burning Man this past year. Um, but, uh, you know, that would be fun, right? Then I don't have to not don't have to, but when I'm not able to visit or vice versa, Ah, and early, earlier, did you say that you can control their cock sleeve? Is there? Did I hear that? Yeah. Right? Ooh, yeah, so what, the, what is a cock sleeve? So just like looks, what you put over it. Yeah, if you've ever seen a flashlight, uh-huh. which is flesh f l e s h, but it looks like a flashlight, yes. like a, a torch is what we say in Australia. Um, that's basically got a hole in it, and uh, if you put your finger in, it feels gelatinous, um, like a pussy, I guess, and you put your cock. Uh, you put this cock sleeve, this torch flashlight over your cock and it will create some sort of rhythms that sort of simulate sex. Now, if you're sitting in LA and your partner's in Nevada, <laughs> you can control what that simulation's like, whether it's fast, slow, you know, a range of different patterns. Wow. Or you could be in the next room, you know. And, and in <laughs> fact, what... What people are saying is it's a fun way for married couples to spice it up. Yeah. Um, can I ask, I mean, ask you guys personally, I'm I, like, I have vibrators. I'm and like, uh, like a, the rabbit, right. Which is like the dildo vibrator. I mean, I feel like there was kind of the generation before us, there was sort of a, oh, you know, that was shocking at one point too. Right. So it's like, is it shocking? Is it unhealthy for us? Or is it just kind of the next thing that we all adapt to? What do you think? I mean, I, I've been speaking from someone that's been studying it for a year. I feel very desensitized to it. So perhaps uh, once it's sort of more commonplace, yeah, it's, you kind of just, it's just not such a big deal. Um, but then I know talking to people about it, it's still shocking. So I, I'm always like the bad barometer because I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Slap on a Tiger <laughs> <Yeah>. bonnet. <laughs> and are, are we talking about like, are you talking about like VR sexual experiences or are we talking about just like vibrators? No, I mean like VR being kind of the what vibrators once were. Mm-hmm. Like that, it you know, that it was shocking that now women are, you know, just fucking with vibrators. or You know, you know I'm not sure because like. I mean, vibrators to me, I mean, are, are great, obviously. Well, um, I used to make my own. <laughs> really? What does that mean? Oh, cool. I, I like, I've worked in like, like, like art direction and like stuff like that. So like, I like make a lot of stuff my own my, myself, but like, I like take apart like a mechanical toothbrush and then reconstruct it. 
But, oh, of course. That's but, so cool. Thanks. But recently, actually, um, my roommate introduced me to this brand called Crave. Oh, I love Crave. Do you know Crave? <laughs> I totally, I wear it when I fly on airplanes because then you don't have to like pack your vibrator. Have you talked about Crave on this podcast before? We have. Oh, okay, well, cool. we were excited when we bought them. So then we talked about it. Yeah. So, so now I have like, it's like literally I'm like 25 years old. It's like my first like actual vibrator that I have not built. Well, I think also there's sort of like Crave is more of like a luxury good as well because they're about style and design. Um, I I guess I something you just said about the vibrators. I just remembered that, you know, a few years back I bought one for my mother and my mother was like, oh, I've never used one, honey. Like, how does this work? And it was a big deal to her. Right. Like, mm. so so that, That's you know, beautiful. yeah, it was beautiful. But like even her age group, uh, you know, a lot of people or even people my age group, right? Like I was in college and a girl on our floor took us to Babes in Toyland, you know? And I, I feel almost just lucky that I was on that floor, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, how how pervasive is it? Well, and as I say, I'm lucky, I feel like as women, right, to kind of be exposed to liberated sexuality, mm-hmm. I think we're still struggling with a lot of that. So something that comes up for me, Bryony, as well is, okay, yeah, you've got all these technologies and we sort of get afraid or want to reject it and say, you know, I don't know, there, you know, there should be laws against it. Like, it's bad for you. Mm. But I, it seems like at the end of the day, when the dust settles, we still have to move about this world and, and build relationships. And so until we're addressing those core issues, toys are not, we, we I don't know, we're, it, it's still human experience, and I do, guess. Do you think that, like, maybe this, like, new VR um, technology is going to normalize sex, especially for women? Mm. My fear is that it's more male-focused right now. Mm. It's it's such a great question. Um, and I'm, I really feel like we've, cre- we've just blazed ahead with technology, and a lot of it's definitely created by this system like this patriarchy and we're just seeing women start to develop these products for instance crave which is a beautiful design it looks good you can wear it around your neck like you can literally wear a vibrator around your neck and it's cute too like my grandmother stared at it for like an hour like she kept being like what is that i'm like it's a (laughs) necklace (laughs) it's a rose gold don't worry about it yeah exactly some people were like is that a railroad nail it catches people's eyes like a railroad nail they think it's like a cocaine vial (laughs) i'm like which is which is better i'm like no i believe in healthy sexual oxytocin releases okay (laughs) not the kind you put up your nose (laughs) well it's really funny I was at a party about a month ago and I saw someone and I thought it was a crave around their neck and it's kind of like this unspoken like secret club and so I was like oh walked up to her if she was in a with a group of friends and I was like oh is that a crave and she's like what and I was like you know a vibrator and she's like uh this this is a pen and then this pulled it out and it's a pen. Now. Literally, oh, no. literally what, uh, the exact same thing happened. I was I was shooting a, a pilot and, and one of the producers were, was wearing it and it looked just like one. And I was just oh, like, sh- and I was like, oh, haha, cool necklace. And she like, <laughs> and she's like, thanks. I did see she whipped it. She's like, thanks. It's a pen. That's so, people have thought it was a pen as well that I was wearing. And the, and you're that's so funny the only other person i've seen wearing one was actually at burning man and of course she was like topless and I was, <laughs> like running around like, like that's a crave right? yeah and then we hugged and we're like laughing because we're like the crave <laughs> that's so great my guy friend uh 
engraves them and gives them out as party favors. Oh, can I come to that party? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> I know. I, I actually, him? I thought about that. It, I think there, it's really a fun gift, even for a woman, to like have exactly engrave a message to your partner as a man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's interesting because I, I think sex toys bring up so many insecurities. Like, I remember one of my early boyfriends, you know, saying something like, "Well, I can't do that to you. I don't swirl and <laughs> and shake and you know, right? The rabbit has those sort of pearl beads at the bottom that twirl like at the entrance of your vagina or your you know the labia and stuff." And I thought, well, it's fun, but it's still like I would ra- like any day of the week, I would rather be embraced by you and feel a sexual experience. So. I guess that just brings me back to, like, I think it, it's fine to play with all these things. Um, the pleasure of, I don't think it'll ever replace, I don't know, as I say that, <laughs> replace <laughs> well, the pleasure I mean, it of human experience. The, the touch of a, it doesn't a have to be like an either or, sorry. You know, you're sorry, okay, go ahead. Interrupt up. No, you're oh, good. Um, I wish I was there in the studio with you guys so I could see you. Um, but this is so this is so taboo and virtual. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, we should have met in virtual reality. I know. <laughs> it's like yeah, the voice equivalent of you know masturbating uh, online. <laughs> um, what I was what I was gonna add there is like the vibrator and the boyfriend scenario is such a common common question for for dudes, right? And it's never a, or it doesn't have to be an either or scenario. And I think that's where it gets it gets mixed up, like. If we think about, I'm sure you guys have talked about the orgasm or the pleasure gap, right, between men and women. It takes women 13 minutes on average longer to orgasm than guys. And, like, even those statistics, you know, 80% of women don't come every time. But, like, guys have just got to be okay with there being a vibrator in the bedroom. Like, it's just different. It's not a big, massive cock that's alive. It's a toy, Yet. That's my little rant for you guys. No, I, I love that too. I was saying the same thing. Like it's a toy, like the meaning of toy. It's it is truly something that you're just playing with, um, or introducing as a compliment to whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. In my experience. And then I, I know that earlier we got off subject we were talking about VR in relation to normalizing sex for women and the opposite or and for men as well. Oh yeah, Bryony, if you wanted to comment on kind of the the market being more focused on men or women is that oh yeah I think so I think I'm I'm super passionate about this I think this is such a great insight and we are seeing women starting to take the lead I mean we only started talking about women's pleasure really in the 70s as part of the sexual revolution and free love and birth control coming out and sex before marriage being okay so I think Right now we're at the, it's a really exciting stage. We have things like OMG Yes, which is teaching women how to masturbate. Um, we yeah, have, I love what they're doing. It's really cool. Uh, it's so cool. And O School is another one um, that's coming out to, just about female sexuality because God knows sex ed was so broken when we all went to school. We weren't t- taught much other than anatomy and like don't have sex till you're married. So these things are being led by women. Women are designing vibrators like Crave and a whole heap of others. So they look better. They actually feel really good. And they have done a ton of research into what females want, what feels good. And so I think it's early days. The most, you know, there's like some percentage, it's less than 10% of women that use VR porn at the moment and don't really want to because there's no content in the porn world in virtual reality that's created 
specifically for women just yet. It's mostly point of view of a guy. You look down, you have an amazing six-pack of abs and um, some tattoos and, you know, a girl with big tits jumping on top of you. But but maybe that's what we need. And there's, you know, outside the tech space, I think women are starting now that the call is like, hey, pleasure, desire, all these things that um, occur in females as well is becoming more current um, there's things like Skirt Club, which is a party for straight women to go to flirt with other women to explore their sexuality, or there's um, Math Magazine, which is presenting images that you don't typically see in the media, but still like a porn magazine, but much more catered to female tastes and, and females that enjoy being on the shoots and the photographers have to get naked while they take the photos. So <laughs> I think there's stuff coming out now. I feel like it, we're the wave, the tide is rising, um, which is why I so love your podcast. I love talking about this stuff. I think we just need to turn up the volume on it. Yeah, I think it's it's almost more like leveling the playing field. And then for me, you know, I I was recently reading something online and someone had this um, negative reaction to uh, I, it was around actually, you know, in America, we're having all these debates about abortion and stuff with our new president. And, um, and someone made a comment like, well, she just shouldn't, you know, open her legs kind of a thing. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's like getting a tattoo, like it's not a right. And I thought, I think sex is a human right. I think it's the one thing that we all do aside from like, eating and shitting frankly yeah um and i think that our culture worked so hard to repress that i mean i also get american culture coming from like the puritan like a radical puritan group that mm-hmm. you know came across on the mayflower and then and really settled that and then i i feel like the industrial revolution like all these things were actually geared mm-hmm. towards programming us and f- and framing us to be efficient um mm-hmm. worker bees mm-hmm. rather than embracing the the core of our essence which is through our sexuality in my opinion mm-hmm. <clears throat> amen sister amen <laughs> hell yes hell yes well any do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to touch on i mean i feel like we could talk about this forever it's true i mean you can that's we have 135 episodes <laughs> talking about it <laughs> Um, Bryony, thank you so much for joining us and sharing, you know, what's happening out there with the future of sex. It's uh, fascinating. I, I loved when you just touched about the, that magazine and kind of evening the playing field. So rather than saying, oh, nude photos are wrong, women are being exploited. It's like, well, people like nude photos. So how do we make it not exploitative? Totally. And we have this thing. I think women are just... Um, we're kind of disproportionately worried about the morality of, of consuming porn um, or having fetishes in, as opposed to men. Like, can you still be a good feminist and enjoy porn? And the answer is yes. <laughs> no, I, but right. But the fact that that is a pervasive fear and I, you know, I very much started that way. Like when I was in high school, I was like, porn's bad because I heard that it exploits women. And, you know, and I, I truly was like militant about it. And then, you know, now I watch it from time to time and not always. And we did one show where um, uh, I think it was um, the comedian Opie. Maybe you know him, Mailey. Yeah, he came on and he's oh, no. And and Ramsey Badawi, they both were on. And um, I think they both said or maybe Ramsey said he doesn't watch it. He's like, it, it blows my I, I can't I don't get as aroused 
when I'm with an actual person because it kind of fucks with my head. So I just I don't go there. And I thought that was powerful. Right. And I, I think it's kind of, again, just to each his own and I or and her own. But I think the importance of taking time to like find balance in it all. Like, I, I think that's when I check in with myself. It's like, oh, I enjoy consuming this. But am I leaning too heavily on it because I'm heartbroken or I'm avoiding that relationship or I'm lonely or, you know, just the, or, or think like things that lean towards addiction in a way, right? Like if you're trying to solve a problem with, with a crutch kind of, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, and I guess maybe that's people's projection on technology, right? The fear that, well, now we're just yeah. going to depend on it completely. But the truth is if it doesn't, if it's novelty, it doesn't bring complete fulfillment, then it stays a toy. Well, hopefully. I mean, that's a a really good point too. Like think of all the dating apps, things, all the things, all the technology that's changed sexuality and stuff. Like, well, is it the technology that's addictive or like, is it on us to just not use it or like find, as you said, find balance? Yeah. I think it's like our responsibility as a a society to kind of like pick and choose exactly how much we want to personally be stimulated by specific things and how much we want to actually experience so if you Mm. do want to experience a real relationship and you do want to experience being vulnerable with somebody then that's going to come but if you don't then yes there are options (laughs) (laughs) there are but I I guess our show airs on the side of like encouraging you to seek out the the other because and because you run the risk of not growing right like you're avoiding change and avoiding change in my opinion is like the stagnation of your existence i mean you Mm -hmm. start to feel less good right and you're like well why do i feel bad well you stopped making an effort uh, at changing and growing and the one constant in our lives is change Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. and as i do actually do have one vr question um so since vr is kind of like basically here like that's the that's what's happening right now with um with sex even um what about augmented virtual reality are people going to be like meeting people to go on dates Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like that's so, happening already in a way. Like those those video games that people play, like they make friends, right? Yeah, yeah, like Pokemon Go, but like sex. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You can have rooms with uh, orgies of people. Kind of like I guess it's just an extension of Second Life. Do you remember Second Life came out Mm-mm. in the early thousands, and people would have their own avatars and get married and. Oh, yeah, I do yeah, remember like, that. Like Sims. Life. Yeah, and they had coins, yeah. too. They had a revenue, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just an extension of that. Well, you'll meet, you could meet your next boyfriend in virtual reality and sit on a park bench and have a conversation as your first date on this in this virtual park and then hold hands and go to a virtual movie together. It can get so meta. Yeah, it is meta. Maybe the the ultimate orgasmic thrill of the en- the end of all that is that you meet in person. <laughs> like, how exciting yeah. is that? <laughs> I love that. It's interesting. No, I-, I you know it, I think it just brings up so much about. Sorry, I thought we were gonna end, but there. But it brought up for me like a friend of mine who was you know catfished, right? Like he was chatting with this girl for a long time, and it turned out that the photos she had weren't her, and Ugh. she was kind of lying about stuff. And I, I guess it's just interesting how the experience he felt betrayed right but and he felt that he had this intimate relationship with her so the intimacy and the experience of it was real right and and it's like does does the discovery negate what had happened and I mean I I guess he would say yes it negated it 
but I don't know. Isn't that interesting to like it look is. at if you can experience it and it did happen, then it then that in that intention and those feelings were real. Is there, you know, is there a way to honor those? Mm, that's so interesting because we've created these second selves. Yeah. Selves. Yeah. In, uh, and are they separate or are they the same? I have a friend who was in a in a romantic relationship and, you know, by the end, like they broke up and there's sort of this emotional drama. And and, you know, he, he'll say to me, we have these conversations. He goes, well, it wasn't real. It wasn't real because she was trying to make it work and blah, blah, blah. And I always say to him, I go, well, you you had real experiences with her. Right. You were in the space with her and you felt those things and she felt them. I said that was real. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I always say honor that that, that was a, so. So instead of sort of. I think taking a negative or or like angry or resentful approach to it, it's like, why not celebrate what experience you were able to have? Mm. Wow, and that brings up like on the other side of relationships. If you're if you're in a real relationship, IRL in real life, but then you have this second self that goes and has a date or meets someone in virtual reality or has this experience online. I wonder if, you know, we'll, we'll use that excuse. Well, it was only in virtual reality. It wasn't actually real. <laughs> I, I do feel like people already have those debates a little bit. I, I think, wow, that's interesting too about, um, I think what's maybe scary to people also is that we do have the capacity to compartmentalize, right? And so in a way we can contain more than one quote reality in our minds. Mm. And I, and I think that's, scary to people because we've tried so hard to kind of create a standard framework right our society Mm. like get married have the children um don't look outside of that window right but but everyone can say well yeah i still get turned on if i see someone out and about totally you know what i i wanted to touch on one okay i had one final thought about (laughs) <laughs> what you guys were saying with almost like, you know, rather than fearing it, that it's our, our individual, uh, um, our individual responsibility a little bit to like regulate ourselves, if you will, like, hey, if I, that's not, like, if I, if I want to use this, I should, but I shouldn't get addicted to it, right? But this almost reminds me of like governmental laws and like our decisions to regulate things, right? And it's almost like the free market versus laws kind of discussion of, you know, <laughs> do we if we know that we are prone to these certain things and there are products that are sort of exploiting that you know does it benefit us for sort of a you know greater i don't know like a a panel of elite people to you know make that decision for us to to protect us i don't you know is there is there value in in that you know what I'm it's almost like the way mcdonald's started marketing to children intentionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and like playing and now like every commercial has like jingles that get caught in little kids heads and it's like so that they'll have a tantrum and like be like mom you have to buy this for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like it's sort of like at what level of like mania are we gonna be working right. with i don't know it's i guess yeah, it's a question it's too- of yeah go ahead well, it, it, I mean, it is. It's like the ethics of the technology, right, that we're developing. Who owns that? Who debates the ethics? And in the UK at the moment, there's a lot of um, sort of debate, I would say, and people protesting around robotics and the use of robots for as sex workers and their rights and um, just even like that. That is a whole minefield in itself, but even if we should even have robots that take care of people um, or are there for 
for that. So there's little groups popping up, but you're right. Is it on us? Is it on some sort of higher body? Is it on the people that are designing the technology? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the I guess it depends on what kind of governmental system you live under. But kind of as Americans, right, my knee jerk reaction is like, well, yeah, you elect a panel of, you know, <laughs> you elect them and then and you say, yes, we trust you to kind of, you know, have our best interest in mind mm. and also keep our water clean. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So a lot of we def- Yeah, sorry. No, please, Brainy. No, no, I just think this is like we're we're at a perfect time in in society to be asking these questions because I think for the longest time we haven't asked these questions of technology. You know, the rate of innovation in tech is exponential. It bloody it doubles every year what we can do, the power of our iPhones. But we haven't stopped to really think about stuff and I think now we're starting to be more mindful in what we develop and this like sex relationships what's more fundamental than how we all got here and the technology we're developing around it so important questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Bryony, what uh i guess in regards to your podcast um what can our listeners you know i don't know what you have what do you have coming up um in podcast land or anything else well, the dolls that I was talking to you about, I just interviewed Matt Mullen, who is part of Real Botics. So he and I did a interesting interview where he described how they put cameras in the dolls' heads and the AI that they're working with for the memory stuff. So that's uh, definitely an interesting interview coming up on the show. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. So again, uh, the future of, is it futureofsex.org? That's where people will find you? Or? That's it. Yeah. Future of sex. Yep. Future Just look that up and hopefully it'll pop up. Okay, great. Thank you, Bryony. And uh, Maley, are you, um, do you have any shows coming up or? Um, I have one tonight. Um, oh, well, hopefully, I think, well, will, th- will this be out? No. Oh. <laughs> well, then you probably won't see me until like later. I don't know when the next. Good point. <laughs> uh, people, you can find Melly, um to follow and find out about your shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out Instagram or at M A L I E X O X. Okay, great, and uh, we'll have it all. We'll have it all hyperlinked as well. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Bryony and Melly, for being with us. Thank you. You are listening. Such a pleasure. Yeah, you are listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. Uh, we look forward to Steph returning to us again. And um, and you can find us on Instagram at TA Talk Sex uh, and anywhere else that you guys are listening. Um, Facebook as well, TA Talk Sex. And uh, did I have one? Oh, yes, of course. Um, Stephanie's, I mentioned her massage videos as well. Uh, how to give a mind-blowing central massage to your partner in real time <laughs> uh, yeah com forward slash massage you'll find it there and that's episode 135 because sex isn't ever just about sex